Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. On today's show, we have a special guest from the land down under, Kimberly Law. Um, the way I met Kimberly was um, through PodFest Global this year. And, you know, we just kind of made some connections, had some conversations, and then she invited me out on her podcast. And I just thought her podcast was just such a great concept, such an original idea. I'm not going to take away any of her thunder. I would like her to kind of present it to you. So without further ado, Kimberly Law. Hello, thank you. Um, yeah, my podcast. So I'm an English teacher and I've been teaching English for over 10 years in multiple countries. Uh, well, not too many, but France, Italy, Australia. And I guess I've had uh, students from all nationalities. And what I noticed every time that I teach is they are asking, um, everybody wants to get rid of their accent. And I don't understand why. I think that's, you know, part of your identity. You know, I have, I have this Australian accent, you have this American accent. And even in different parts of America, you all have different accents. And I would always be asked, um, how do I have a, an American accent or a British accent? And I said, well, what, what type of accent do you want? Because there's hundreds, you know even in America, like, I guess your accent's quite, I don't know, what would you say your accent is? I would say mine is, is a little bit on the neutral side. I mean, obviously I have a little New York swang to it, but I try to keep it as neutral as possible just for business purposes. So, so somebody can't really tell where I'm from. Yeah. And I think uh, mine, yeah, to be honest, mine is quite neutral now because uh, after teaching for so long, sometimes people don't understand what you're saying. Like when I moved to Paris, I actually had to adopt a lot of um, American words like trash, um, candy. They're not the words that we use in Australia. So <laughs> pull, or a pullover, we call it a jumper here. Like we have just so many <laughs> words that I had to change. So my podcast is uh, I realised that people move to Australia and maybe they're used to uh, American English or they're used to British English. And, um, yeah, I just wanted a podcast that people could listen to and listen to a variety of accents, not just um, American or English accents, um, even accents like the French accent when somebody's speaking in English and they have a French accent or if they have... Um, I just in, recently interviewed a Nigerian couple, um, you know, accents from all over the world. And I think what I find is uh, my students have been studying for such a long time and then they arrive in Australia and they're like, I don't understand anything. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's what the idea for the podcast so let's just step back a little bit. I mean, obviously, like, that's that's crazy in itself. And, and, and it's a very impactful story because you're not just doing it to do it. You're doing it to help people understand different dialogues and different um, cultures to a certain extent. So, I mean, how did your journey start? I mean, who are you? 
That's a really hard question. Who am I? <laughs> um, well, I guess I've always, well, I, I, I'm born in Australia. Um, never thought I would teach English. And I, I, I studied uh, a degree in education because uh, like in the USA, Australia is lacking in teachers and the government was um, giving these cheap courses. And, I, and I've, always, I've always wanted to learn a second language. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to, a lot of Aussies, they go travel. And I was like, I'm going to get this teaching degree because I can teach anywhere. Everybody wants to learn English. So I got this teaching degree and then I, I took off and ended up in Italy. And yeah, I, I don't know, my passion for teaching languages grew from there. And then, I don't know, I also it's interesting this idea that people want to learn a British accent because it's considered, um, I can't even think of the word, it is 11.30 at night here, so... <laughs> <laughs> um it's you know trying this this sort of hierarchical system with um accents and i've heard people want to get rid of their accents as well because they think that they'll get a better job or they'll get you know this and i just think that that's yeah i i don't like that idea of things um my students wanting to have this British accent because it's quite prestigious. That was the word I was thinking of okay. when I think we shouldn't be trying to change ourselves. We we should be, you know, embracing uh, our accents and it's, you know, it's what makes us unique. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good gateway to, I mean, that, that's part of overcoming some hurdles, right? So that's one of the hurdles that you're dealing with on an ongoing basis with your students. What other hurdles have you had to overcome to kind of get to where you are currently? Hmm. Wow, that's, you're giving me really tough questions. <laughs> Hurdles that I've had to overcome uh, in my teaching or with launching the podcast? I mean, j just in general. I mean, I mean, currently where you are, right? I mean, there's, there's different levels of success and if you, you've achieved a lot of different things, right? So just to get to where you are, you've had some hurdles. You're saying one hurdle was you have students that want to achieve these new accents, but you really don't believe in achieving these accents. You kind of just want people to embrace them for who they are. So th that's kind of like a hurdle. So I'm, I'm saying in yeah. addition to that, what other hurdles have you had to overcome to get to where you are? I mean, you've done some traveling, you've been to Italy, you've been to France, and you were teaching in all these environments. I mean, you had to experience some kind of hurdles on these journeys. Yeah, I think the hurdles are, I think, um, yeah, it, it's hard. I think, I'll start again. I think the good thing is that I, I had never learned a second language until I moved to Italy, until I moved to France. And then under, being on the other side and realising how it is to learn a second language. Um, I think that has helped me uh, understand the students that I have, understand their difficulties. Also, it's not just learning a language, it's learning a culture. You know, I have students arrive in Australia from China and that's a huge cultural difference and, you know, trying to learn a language. And then you've got to remember when I was learning Italian and French, at least it was the same alphabet. <laughs> They've got all these things to learn. Um, I think my hurdle is trying to um, 
understand my students' culture and how do I teach in their how they've been brought up with education that that's definitely a hurdle I think that I find is trying to understand my students and to try and get across to them what I need to but in doing that I need to understand where they're coming from gotcha so you're saying let me tell I mean you just listed off French Italian what other language I mean how many languages do you speak total oh no no, no. I I I <laughs> I learned I did learn Italian um and then I met a Frenchman and then I learned French, but my Italian is very, um, oh, I think I can understand it now. It's very similar to French, uh, but that was just from living in those countries. I didn't, in school in Australia, I learned German, um, but, you know, I, I guess it's the same in the United States. We don't learn it to the extent that people in Europe learn languages. Um, I don't know. Do you speak a second language? I, I do not. I mean, I, it's kind of like one of those things that if you put me in a Latin speaking country, like the muscle memory starts to come back and the words that I need to use start to come back, but I can't speak it fluently. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, um, I, I, yeah, I think, I think living in a country is the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously there's this other language, like it's funny because my mom and her siblings came up with this language and it's called gibberish. And it's kind of like this broken patois. And my mom used to talk to her sisters to make sure that the kids didn't understand what they were saying. And so it was like this oh, wow. weird, weird little thing between them. And then as I got older, I started, under I couldn't speak it, but I could comprehend it. And it's funny because like my, now my son, she's been teaching him over the years. So now he speaks it and understands it. So it's just kind of weird how that, that works. Yeah. No, it is. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. So, on your journey, I mean, how long did it take you to get to where you are? We always hear about the 20 years it takes someone to become successful or get to the level of success where they currently are, and it seems to be an overnight success story. How long was your journey? Uh, I guess for the podcast, um, yeah, that, I'm just trying to think back. It was about when my daughter was born. So it was about two years ago, but the podcast didn't launch um, it's only been going since February this year. So, um, I'm quite a perfectionist and I didn't <laughs> wanted to make sure that what I was going to launch would be, um, correct. And, or it was something that, um, I had the right format for, I guess just before my daughter was born and I went on maternity leave, I was just thinking of things that I wanted to do. Like, how could I, um, inspire students. There's this one teacher here in Sydney who um, is all over YouTube and he's a maths teacher and he's helping students learn maths and the way he has these great YouTube videos. And I just thought, I want to do something to help uh, my students with English, um, you know, new immigrants, English as a second language. And I, it just kept coming up this whole idea of every time I taught students not wanting to speak or being afraid to speak because they felt that their accent was a problem. So I just thought, you know what? Um, and also my husband, uh, being French and being in Australia, he, I remember he said the first three months of being in Australia, you know, he knew English. 
he spoke with me, um, you know, every day in English before that, but moving to Australia, he was like, it took him quite a few months to get used to the accent. Um, but not just the Australian accent, like 50% of his coworkers are, um, international, you know, they, so he's listening to an Iranian accent or, you know, Brazilian accent. And so it's trying to adapt to all this. So, yeah, I think that it's been about two years and then, so it was about a year, uh, maybe a year and four months before I launched the podcast. I, I tried to do a lot of research before um, creating it and just making sure that the format that I have is what I wanted to, I wanted to keep the same format um, and yeah, just see how that went. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even with that, I mean, you've had some, some like leaps and bounds successes as well. I mean, you're kind of like an international podcast. You're not like just an Australian podcast. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And that's not <laughs> Yes, I was agreeing with you. Aussies say no, and then we say yes. That's a really weird thing. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. It's uh, look, it's growing slowly, but yeah, I've had over a hundred uh, downloads in over 150 different countries. Like that's incredible. I, I've uh, just in this week, I've received an email from Argentina and Germany uh, from two listeners who say they listen to my podcast every time it comes out, and they. Um, they love the fact also the other thing that I wanted to make my podcast was not just about accents, but to be genuine. I feel a lot of the language, uh, listening activities out there are made for, um, English learners. So it's, it, it's, it feels quite a little fake, you know, it's created for you to listen to, but why can't I have a podcast where I'm just like you and I are chatting now? Why can't English learners listen to that? Like, what's the problem? You know, that's, that's real, you know, that, that's a real conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, I definitely, that's one reason why I wanted you on, on my podcast, just because listening to your podcast and, and listening to what you're doing right there, it's, it's a unique thing to create a podcast that's reaching out just on that particular niche. And that niche has gotten you to where you're becoming a global thing. So it's kind of, when I'm talking about like marketing strategies, I always tell people that you have to f figure out what your niche is. So right off that, you jump off with your niche without having to even think twice about it and you're reaping the benefits of it. Yeah. And it's interesting um, you say that because when I was, uh, while I was on maternity leave, I downloaded a course um, is it from lynda.com and it was a little like six hour course on how to make a podcast and they spoke all about that and um, they were saying that, you know, it doesn't, with podcasting, you could just have the smallest, you know, idea and it works, you know, it may not work in other platforms and I thought, oh, wow, you know, and they said to try and make it unique you know, try and make it. And, and I was, I, I did a bit of research too, to see what was out there. What, were there any podcasts doing what I was doing as well? Yeah. 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 Well, I definitely commend you for that for sure. Um, so like, the next question that I have is just like, so what would you have done differently to get you to where you are a lot faster? If you could do it all over again. I could do it all over again. Um, it would be nice to have some help, <laughs> I guess, or more time. I did. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried about like if I got there faster. I don't know. It it, it worked well. 
I, I guess it was nice to have, um, it was great to spend time with my daughter on maternity leave, but then it was also nice to have a little project, like have my brain working, you know, for a couple of hours a day. So I probably wouldn't have rushed it. Um, and I don't think I need to rush it because I still, I'm still a teacher and it's, um, this is sort of a hobby at the moment, but because of the exposure and uh, seeing how many countries it's reaching, it's got potential. And now I can see, oh, where, where is that potential? How can I, where can I move this? Or yeah, so that's, that's exciting. So I don't know if I would rush it. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm happy you brought up that point to where it's, it started off as a hobby, as a passion, mm. but now you're seeing the opportunity behind the podcast yeah. and like how potentially how can I monetize it? How can I scale it? So, I mean, and obviously this podcast is for, for entrepreneurs and I view you as an entrepreneur in, in all aspects of it because you're on that journey to become yeah. pretty much like a podcast mogul. You're, you're in that, that genre and you're going down that path. So, do you come from an entrepreneurial background? Any family members, your dad, your mom, anybody? Yes. <laughs> I do, actually. It's quite funny. Um, yeah, my dad, uh, he's uh, had his own business. Um, he was in the military and left. And straight after that, he started like a team building sort of business. And for about, yeah, that they were his two jobs military and then just starting his own it's quite funny um like he was at the beginning of all those boot camps mm. so people like to be yelled at and he you know makes them exercise <laughs> not my cup of tea to be yelled at but uh other people love it and yeah he's written a few books um and it's interesting because even before uh teaching uh, when I was 18, 19, uh, I uh, did a music degree and I actually came to the USA and I've actually played some shows in the USA and we actually uh, sold one of our songs to a Burger King commercial. Nice. So I was sort of managing a band well, that I was in for about seven years before that. So it's definitely something that, yeah, for some reason, I'm always, I've always got some ideas and this, yeah, so this is one that I wanted to. So it's ingrained yeah. in you. So I, I would think that that's, that's part of the factor to why you're running the podcast as effectively that, as, that you are because you, you're coming from an entrepreneurial mindset without thinking about oh, it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and that's true. And even my sister, um, she's also got that mindset too. She's uh uh, written a book as well I guess I'm the only one who hasn't written a book I'm the one starting a podcast um but yeah no it's it's definitely yeah it's not something that um I guess I've been around it I've been around that it's not that it's uh that I looked at my dad and was like oh, I want to do that but I guess being brought up in that environment I guess you you see that and you yeah. just do it yeah, yeah. And I mean, even with like the book thing, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I've written probably about six or seven books at this point in time, and I started a podcast. And then it dawned on me as I started the podcast that my podcast could easily be converted into a book. And, and what does that look like, right? And well, if I'm interviewing people, then every chapter could be about that person's journey, and that particular genre of expertise, and kind of quick tips on how did this person get from 
where they wanted where they were to where they want to go. So for you, I mean, I think you could easily take your episodes, transcribe them and have a conversation about, well, this person is from Russia and give a little dialect about the history of Russia, you know, things that you need to look out for as far as the accents. And it could be like a self-help guide based upon your podcast episodes. And you could easily do that at the end of every season. You give really good advice because I, I, I took up your advice before about, um, outsourcing and that has definitely helped me because I've outsourced and this person has got my transcripts together and I thought I'm so behind and then within two weeks all my transcripts are up to date and I'm just like this is fantastic yeah 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 definitely I mean that's what I do so I mean I definitely I'm happy to see that you you took that advice and you ran with it I mean it's all about being effective and creating systems so yeah Definitely. For sure. So, I mean, obviously you're married, you have kids. How do you juggle your work life with your family life? Yeah, that's hard. And that's one of the reasons I outsourced because I'm trying to, I want to focus on the podcast, but then I'm trying to get new followers as well. And I, I need somebody to look after, help me with those things because they're things that, you know, I'd rather be spending um, you know, maybe I can get somebody to do that while I focus on creating the podcast and I spend that time with my family. So I think outsourcing was such a great idea. Um, yeah, I guess. And also to, I, I'm good with schedules, trying to stick to schedules and um, having one day a week where I can really uh, do most of my podcasting when I also schedule interviews I try and do it at a time that's not going to affect any family time so yeah I think it's just trying to yeah just be diligent and and have calendars but that that's me yeah I mean I think I think anybody that has success or gets to a level of success you have to have a schedule I mean you can't juggle as much things that entrepreneurs try to juggle you can't do it without having a schedule and if you try to do it all in your head eventually you're going to drop the ball it's just a matter of time yeah so i mean what's your morning habits your morning routines what does that look like oh my goodness we rush out the door (laughs) (laughs) i have to teach at 8 15 in the morning so (laughs) i'm um yeah it's pretty much i try and get everything prepared the night before Mm -hmm. um and we're a bit out of whack because uh, I mentioned this to you previously, we've been living in an Airbnb for the last eight months because the whole, uh, the other reason I launched the podcast was because we were moving to Canada and I knew that I probably wouldn't have a job for a while. And knowing me, I, I needed something like a project. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'll start a podcast and then we'll see where that goes. And then COVID happened and here I am. So, Yeah, I mean, I think you, you've, the beauty of COVID, it kind of gives people opportunity to get very creative and find opportunities that they probably would have ignored before. So, I mean, without COVID, I mean, your podcast accented probably wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah, it probably, yeah. So, um, so the mornings... Yeah, we, we wake up, and I, but I just get everything done the night before, make sure. Because kids uh, in Australia, we have school uniforms, so I make sure the kids' school uniforms are ready. I've got my stuff ready because we have to get up at 6 and be out the door by 7. So <laughs> cool. Cool. It's a lot of organisation the night before. 
So earlier you alluded to like your dad wrote some books and you, you said you were taking some online courses. Are you a big book reader, mm-hmm. audio book person? Oh my goodness. I, or well, it's more, yeah, audio books at the moment. I, you know, and it's so bad. I wish I had the time to read more. Uh, the reading that I have done in the last couple of years has been very dry reading and it's like French workbooks or anything to try and since we've been living in Australia, I don't want to lose my French. Um, and it's trying to keep on top of that. Or just recently I did a postgraduate certificate and it's the text, you know, the academic text that I have to read. So thick books. Yeah. So it hasn't been, um, I would love to read for leisure. I guess my leisure is putting on a podcast or putting on an audio book. Gotcha. That's, yeah, at so the about, moment. What audio books are you listening to right now? Um, the last audio book I listened to, it was a Canadian, what was it called? Um, oh, my goodness. It was really a sad story, actually. Are you woman. nonfiction or fiction? Well, oh. I'm nonfiction. And it was, and I, I'm pretty sure it was based on this woman's life, but it was an audio book. Um, I, sh- I need to find the name, but it was Canadian. It was based in Toronto. And yeah, it, it was about her getting divorced. It was really quite sad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was um, nonfiction. Cool, cool. So, so, where do you see yourself or your podcast in 20 years? Oh, geez. I don't know. Um, It's funny because some people have said to me, would I change the format? And I'm like, no, I don't think I need to change the format Um, because I could have the podcast for 20 years because I think there's thousands of accents out there and I'm doing two episodes a month. Um, Depends, but I don't know. Do people get sick of a format? Do you need to change it? Well, I mean, look at it at like what what works, right? I mean, Amazon, Walmart, um, McDonald's, all of them have formats, but they tweak them on a regular basis, right? McDonald's always comes out with some new random thing on the menu from time to time or a new option to value meal. So they're not really changing what they're selling. They're just repackaging it. Or they may, I think recently they've had like celebrities, so celebrity burgers. So it'll be like a Big Mac, but the Big Mac will have bacon on it. And it's a celebrity version of the burger. So it's not really changing the format. It's just mixing and matching things to a certain extent. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I would like to do, it would be great to do more collaborations. I'm really liking the podcast community. I think it's especially, well, Australia is quite lucky. We're not um, entirely in a lockdown, but when we were in lockdown, it was so nice to interview guests and then chat to people internationally and even the Facebook groups I'm part of, that are these all these podcast communities and even how we met. I'm, yeah, I would like to do more collaborations and um, I'm just finding that it's not, I don't find competition. I don't feel that people think we're competing. I think everybody's trying to help each other out and it's, it's, it's a really cool community. 
Yeah, I, I definitely concur with that. I mean, when you like, I, I grew up in a graphic design environment, and it was just a highly competitive environment. Everybody was trying to outdo somebody else, and to your point, like once you get into a community of people to where we're not all competing for the same dollar, like podcasting, mm-hmm. there's, there's, a, there's enough content and enough viewers for everybody. It's, it's a worldwide thing versus a localized thing. So just by being a worldwide global system, there's no reason to even try to step on anyone's shoes. You can help everybody climb the ladder together. Yeah, it, it is really, um, yeah, it's cool like that. So I would, I would love to do some collaborations with other podcast hosts and yeah, I think that's something that uh, could be in the future. That's how, how I'd see it going. Yeah. But, uh, when I, but while you were saying that, I was thinking of like another concept that would probably be cool is if you could kind of do like a battle of the accents, maybe you could have two people come on your show and you're interviewing them and you have maybe a German accent versus um like an Eastern or Western UK accent and let all three parties have the conversation. And then you can kind of go back with what you usually do is you kind of find the terminologies and you kind of say, you really like this word because this word means this in this language, but in this other language, it means something completely different. So that's something that you can add on to your podcast that you're not changing the format. You're just adding a new individual to, to every episode. They're very good ideas. And that, and this is the thing too. It, um, one thing that I do wish that I had is more time for it because I, it's not at the format I envisioned, mm-hmm. but it, it has to do with everything that I've got going on, working full-time, kids, family. Um, but, you know, if I, if I had more time, there would definitely be other things that I would be doing. I'd really, what my main goal was is to really pull out even um grammar concepts that's what i feel is hard is i teach grammar concepts to my students yet i you never like they go how would you know you say this in the present tense and then i'll write a sentence on the board and then but it's never in context i would love to actually pull out those things and go wow that's where we actually used it in real life but I, at the moment, I don't have the time to, you know, go through that. Maybe I could ask the person who's outsourcing to help me locate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're definitely on on the cusp of, I think, in the next couple of years, if you keep on the path that you're going, and once you figure out, like, how to monetize your podcast, then I think you can kind of, you know, I don't know if you ever want to give up teaching the way you're teaching and then change your teaching to more of a podcast teaching. And that way you can get a larger reach and help way more people. You put more effort into that. But I think sooner or later you're going to be presented with that, right? Sooner or later you're going to probably get some offers from somebody to say, Hey, we want to sponsor you. And then you're going to start thinking, Hmm, which way do I go? Possibly. That would be cool. Yeah. Be yeah. Really cool. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, what tools do you use that, that, you know, you wouldn't be able to do what you do without? Um, I'm loving Descript. That's a tool I'm using to edit my podcast, maybe because I love looking at words, but have you used it before? Mm, I haven't. Uh, Basically it records the audio and then transcribes it for me. And I was originally using GarageBand and then, um, Descript I find, so say if I want to delete a, a phrase, 
or a sentence, I just delete the um, like the transcript and it'll delete the audio for me. Like it's, nice. it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. It definitely sounds like um, a very intuitive way to edit a podcast without having to go back and forth and you also have the transcripts right there. Yeah. And it's, and maybe that's the way like visually I can see the words and I can see what um, just, yeah, for editing, I just find it really easy to use. Cool. Cool. So if I'm an individual, right, and, and I'm going to ask you, like, what's the final words of wisdom that you would give to someone that wants to step into your space? Maybe it's a current English teacher, maybe somebody that does a lot of um, English as second language kind of learning. What would, words would you leave behind for them to transition them from where they are to probably into a podcast or into online education? What words would you have for them? I think you need... Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. I think you need to be passionate about uh, what it is you want to do. I'm really, I just, for me, I feel that I wanted my students to know that it's okay to have an accent, you know, that it's okay. We're all equal and we should all be equal. We shouldn't be judged on how we speak and I think that was something that I was very passionate about I have bilingual children I have you know so this area listening comprehension is a passion of mine so I think if you're passionate about something then go ahead and make a podcast people are going to listen yeah I think that's it's funny because like one of my first books the, the the core information of that book was about finding your passion and establishing your passion and people don't really understand the value of it because once you decide to go monetary but you don't have passion behind it you lose interest and then you Mm. can't continue to move forward so if you have the passion and the desire it can kind of become a lifelong thing that you're going to start and you're going to end the same way you started with the same ambition behind it versus you lose interest two days into it and you move on to the next thing that pops up in front of you. So, I mean, I'm definitely happy that you you brought that to the table. It's definitely an insightful thought that people need to hear. Yeah. So uh, how can people find you online? I mean, what's your Facebook, Instagram, your podcast address? Uh, So Kim Accented uh, for Instagram, Um, Facebook, I'm pretty sure. Or you could just go to my website, Kim's Law of English. A bit of play on words there. (laughs) Um, And Facebook is the same, Kim's Law of English. But if you go to my main website, it it has all the links there. Or even just Google Accented in any uh, podcast platform that you use. Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple of bonus questions. Okay. All right. So first, like, if you could spend 24 hours with anybody, dead or alive, uninterrupted, who would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. Who would it be? Mm, that's so tough. I, I don't think – who would it be for you? Could you just say it now? Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been asked that question. <laughs> so my, my, my first response has always been Einstein. Okay. Yeah, and for, for multiple different reasons. I mean, Einstein is just, not only is he a genius, but he's overcome hurdles. And everybody in life is going to overcome hurdles. But Einstein has dealt with racism. He's dealt with world wars. He's dealt with 
Nazis. He's dealt with a lot of different things, right? He dealt with a lot of learning curves. And as a child growing up, he was viewed to be a dumb dog. And look who he is now. And think about that. If you're a kid in school and they're saying that you're stupid and you're slow, and then you turn out to be one of the greatest minds ever, it's kind of like, it kind of opens your mind to really think about things a little differently. So that, yeah. that would be uh who would it be see i've never i've never even thought about that when they say who would you take have at your dinner table five people oh my goodness yeah that, that's a that's a good alternative question five people at a dinner table yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just you know it would probably be a musician because i love music you're probably someone i just love to hear about um you know I am a huge fan of English, the whole English punk and ska era in the 70s and 80s. I'd probably ask um, somebody, you know, from that era, I'd say, I don't know, Joe Strummer from The Clash possibly because he was very political with his uh, music writing. But I I find it fascinating how... uh, like the influx of Jamaican refugees and how they intertwined within the punk scene with their ska reggae music. I, I, I just find that to me, and I guess and, and it kind of relates to me being interested in accents and immigration and all that sort of thing, because England at that time was just, it wasn't good. There was a lot of racism at the time and, you know, the, that music scene coming together was sort of, you know, fighting that and trying to unite in uh, England. So, yeah, yeah maybe Joe Strummer from The Clash. That's a pretty interesting answer. Definitely interesting. All right, so, I mean, outside of your, your kids, what is your greatest achievement today? Oh, um, hmm. That's so hard. <laughs> my greatest achievement outside of my children. Yeah, I've learned because when I ask oh, that question, usually when I ask that question, I'm asking it to a parent and 99% of them always say the kids first. I think I had to ad lib to say, okay, outside the kids. I know, because you do, you do have to say that. And then I'm like, you didn't say like getting married to my husband either because he might be like, hey. <laughs> no. Um, I would say learning French. That, that, was, that was so cool. I remember living in France because I I knew no French when I met my husband and after six months of living there I had like a phone canvasser call up and I said something to them French basically like no not interested or you know this conversation I remember hanging up and my husband going you don't need me anymore (laughs) it's just like you did that all in French so that that's a huge achievement I think in my late 20s early thirties, learning a second language and being able to use it is, is pretty cool. Nice. 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 So coming into closing of the podcast, usually what I do is I I kind of turn the microphone over to my guests and give you opportunity to ask me any questions that you may have. Ooh, interesting. I am going to try. It is after midnight though. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, some questions. Um, so what is it that keeps you going? You, you know, with your interviewing all these entrepreneurs. So what is it that excites you about your interviews? 
it's it's one of those things is like just like when I realized that I was 50% analytical and 50% creative and then I owned it and then I continued on that journey and now I'm realizing well throughout my journey I've made all these relationships all these partnerships all these different business ventures and even like meeting you and I'm like it's only an opportunity for me to kind of give back my community of people back to everybody else and tell their stories so for me it's kind of like um, um, not only um shaking the hands or giving love from the people that have helped me on my journey, but taking their stories and inspiring other people with them. And then the more and more I look at my, every time I look at my Rolodex and every time I go to a networking event, every time I do a speaking engagement, I'm just like, the list is never ending. And I, and I want to get to the bottom of the list. So I'm like, I have to do more. I have to produce more. I have to get more content out there and I have to do more interviews in order to make that happen. So it's a never ending thing for me. And I, I've decided it's just going to be a lifelong thing for me and then at the end of that journey it'll be an opportunity for like my kids and my grandkids to kind of see my progression and learn from all the people that I've learned from and take bits of somebody may take a bit of this podcast and want to learn French just because they've seen what you've done with it right uh, another podcast somebody you know he's a model somebody else is a photographer but they all have these individual journeys of success and how they've gotten there and the steps that they took and the crossroads that they went down. It's just an opportunity to share all that information. Yeah, great. And are you happy with your work-life balance? It, it's, um, it, in the beginning, I would say, hell no. <laughs> in the beginning, it was kind of like I would work 23 hours out of 24, 20 hours out of 24, every single day, all day. And now there's some days where I kind of, work more than I should, but I've always have an opportunity to say, okay, look, like the weekend's coming. Let me go hard on Friday, but then Saturday, I'm not responding to anybody or anything. And I'm just going to spend time with the family and just do whatever we want to do. Or, you know, Sunday go sailing or, you know, just do something with the family. And at least that way we always have the connection because after one week of working really long and then you work throughout the weekend and it turns into two weeks, three weeks, then you start to see the separation. You start to lose that 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 contact or that connection with your family members and I don't want to go down that road sure now when say in your free time so say you're passionate about this project mm -hmm. your your um, business model uh you're passionate about it so in your free time are you still working on it I mean you're so doing like something else no, I mean, if everybody is asleep and nobody's not looking I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm like just recently like to your point when I, before this uh, episode we recorded that form I just created that form like maybe in the last two weeks and it was like something that I was like okay like I got all this this tech behind me I understand how to build and develop stuff I need to create an intake form for everybody I'm going to interview and then in addition to that I was working with my new project manager and I was like all right we're producing books but we're promoting the books we need to kind of have it set up to where we can kind of pre-schedule it so then I, I went into Excel and did all these different codes and structured it to where a form inputs the information into, into Excel, then Excel updates the calendar, and then the calendar automatically posts on Facebook. So it's a system that if I didn't think about it in the middle of the night, it probably wouldn't have been here. And it makes my life way easier because now I don't have to hire somebody to do it. All I need is somebody to put the data in, and then the other elements will take care of the steps. So you're not switching off? No, I, and it's one of the things that I've learned to accept. Like when I'm with my family, it's off and I'm playing and doing whatever it is. But 20 minutes after that, and then everybody's kind of settled down and they're watching the movie and everybody's kind of in their own separate space. And once I step away from my family, 
it automatically turns off. It's like an instant, oh, and then I'm taking notes. I'm writing something down, and I literally go to bed and wake up exactly the same way. Wow. Well, that's great. I see. It sounds it sounds similar uh, to me. <laughs> it's hard. I think it's really hard to switch off. I mean, yeah. I just I just learned to accept it, and it's just kind of like okay. When I have to switch off, obviously, my wife will just smack me and say, "Okay, switch it off." Okay, I'm like, all right, cool. What are we doing? Let's go. And then, <laughs> and it will, like, what? Whenever that event is done or everybody's sleep, I'm like, doop, right back. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, and, and that's what I'm trying to do is schedule things so that I'm like, okay, this is dedicated time to my family, and I need to. And it was good this afternoon. I did that. I had, I brought my kids home, and I knew we were doing this late tonight. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna spend some time to, you know, hang out with them. And yeah, then put them to bed and then get back onto this. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate you taking time. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny when we started off this podcast, we were talking, okay, you're in Australia, I'm in Atlanta and it's like 16 hour difference, which is just crazy when you think about it, like you're technically in Saturday <laughs> and I'm now yeah, starting Friday. Yeah, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate you taking time out your evening. And, and I think this podcast episode would definitely help somebody out there and everything you're doing, just keep on doing. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much. No, it's been a pleasure. I, you know, I think it's great what you're doing too. It's really, as you said, it's helpful for entrepreneurs or people who have ideas. So thank you so much for inviting me. Definitely. Well, it's a pleasure. And we look forward to seeing more accents. I mean, you said you had like a thousand of them and you probably when you hit on like a couple, right? So we want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, what was really cool is I got to episode 18 and didn't even have an American accent. And I thought that was quite an achievement because you would think, oh, yeah, I'd have to have it by then. But I had so many. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely cool. interesting. I mean, to your point, I mean, even in the U.S., I think every state has an accent. And then there's multiple yeah. accents in every state. So just by that sheer number, there's at least 150 accents in the U.S. alone. I know. I know. So I've got a lot to get through. <laughs> yeah. All right. I definitely appreciate it. S.A. Grant over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an uncaged trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 762- 233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss in Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.